Good morning, St. John's. I want to welcome you to worship today. I'm Pastor Jeff, and we are live streaming this morning from St. John's Young Methodist Church here in Davenport. If you're new and have joined us today, I want to say welcome. And if you're new online, we certainly thank you for joining us today. And we do have an attendance button on our website. We just encourage you to let us know that you're with us today. As we begin our worship, we will just invite you to just kind of settle in and just open yourselves to God's presence and uh, receive these opening moments uh, as a gift to your soul. for this morning is from Psalm uh, 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who have pleasure in them. Full of honor and majesty are the works of the Lord, whose righteousness endures forever. Who has caused his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. The Lord provides food for the faithful and is ever mindful of his covenant. Great are the works of the Lord, which are bound to the ends of the earth. The Lord has shown his people the power of his works by giving them heritage of the nations. The works of the Lord's hands are faithful and just. The precepts of the Lord are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. The Lord sent redemption to his people and has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and wondrous is God's name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. The praise of the Lord endures forever. Praise 
Gracious God, this morning we come to you with our grateful heart for you. Lord, we are thankful for your faithfulness, which we can see through this seasonal change. Now all the trees have changed to colorful dresses and getting ready for next season. Lord, we thank you for the rays of sunshine, clouds, rains, winds, and snows. With these blessings of nature, we feel your presence and your love for us. Lord, as we live our lives on earth, we experience various things, sometimes good and sometimes bad. Whether we are going through the high or low of our lives, help us find a reason to give thanks to you, Lord. Lord, we pray for our sisters and brothers in Christ. Lord, provide your healing light who are sick and broken, comforts to those who are lonely and sad and depressed, and confidence and braveness to those suffering from fears and a feeling of helplessness. Lord, provide peace and justice in this country and throughout the world. Lord, thank you for giving us a chance to share the love of Christ through our hands and feet. Loving God, now we come to you with the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today's reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7 and 11 to 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm not saying this because I am need in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through Christ who gives me strength. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Just for anybody this morning that uh, maybe wasn't here last week, uh, this is my, my second sermon on gratitude, and so it's kind of gratitude part two. And I ended last week uh, just kind of asking, um, I'm going to check back with you and say, um, how did you do in the practice that I offered? Uh, I invited you to, to begin the day with naming three things that you're grateful for, because it does something in us when, when we kind of edit through our life and, and we kind of lift up the things that are blessings, things that are good, and you, you give priority to that over and against maybe the things that are problems and difficulties, it, it triggers something in us. Uh, those endorphins, uh, chemicals that uh, lift up your mood and uh, maybe clear your mind. And then if you end the day and, and 
here's the three things from today I, I want to say thank you, God. And we kind of attach it to the one who gives the good gifts in each day of our lives. And I just want to add the component of let's reach out to the one above, the God over all, and, and let's make that a faith step, not just try this and, and see how it works. So we go a little further today in this uh, spiritual discipline of gratitude. Paul challenges us to be content. He said, I've learned the secret of being content. And I want to also tell you a little secret. Um, where did Paul write this from? Anybody? You know, was he in his padded office surrounded by stained glass windows going, oh, God, you're so good, and, and just kind of, oh, I've learned how to be content, and, and here's the secret. So where was Paul writing? He was in jail, okay. Paul wrote a lot from jail um, because he spent a lot of time in jail. Not that he was a bad guy, um, but he tended to be pretty outspoken about Jesus Christ, and there was not... Um, a sympathetic ear for those that were in charge of the government at that time. And, and so Paul landed in prison. He's not just in jail uh, for a, a short stint. He is in prison. And, and prison was a tough place to be. Um, they didn't necessarily feed you in prison. You were in prison because they kind of wanted to forget about you. But Paul was in prison. And generally, he had pretty much nothing uh, during those times. He wasn't necessarily beaten and abused, um, but he knew there was an end coming. And yet Paul writes, I'll just share it again, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, not necessarily what I meet when I go to visit somebody in prison. Uh, it's pretty somber, pretty sobering. It's not like anybody says, hey, come see me. They're embarrassed. It's a hard place to be. Paul is saying, rejoice, for the Lord is near. He had found God's presence in prison. And then he begins to teach uh, those who are going to receive his letter. He says, don't be anxious, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So today is the beginning of a list season, and I'm going to invite you to consider a different kind of list, but uh, maybe you've already got your holiday list going. We, we maybe make a, a list of plans, things that we're going to try this year that we can. There's a list of uh, projects. Maybe you like to make things. Uh, you like homemade gifts, and so you've got to have time to do those, and so you, there's a list for that. Maybe you start your list for who you're going to write to at Christmas, who you're going to call or who you're going to reach out to. And so we have a, a number of different lists, and this is the list season. And, and so those are some lists that, that we start. And advertisers are, are set up to help you, to connect with you, to encourage you to double your list. You know, maybe that's the push there. And, and I want to suggest that gratitude helps us push back a little bit. Gratitude helps us uh, push back against all those voices that say, we're going to help you for a fee. We'll help you. You need one of these to be happy. You need one of these to be thankful. You need one of these to really make it to Christmas. Or maybe you need several of these, one for every member of your family. It's coming. Gratitude, 
I would suggest, helps us push back a little bit against those voices. Gratitude also helps us counter the effects of comparison. I think I could be pretty content and pretty grateful if it wasn't for what I see around me. Comparison really pulls the rug out from under us. Gratitude pushes back against that and and becomes a, a different voice. Gratitude helps push against the grumbling and the complaining and and the negativity. It's there. And so I suggested I was going to highlight a different kind of list today, and there's a story that goes with this list. Uh, Anne Voskamp is an author, a wife, and a mother, and, and married to a farmer, and lives in southwest Ontario in Canada. When Anne was four years old, she was growing up on a farm. When she was four, her two-year-old sister was run over by a tractor and died the next day. It was a tragic accident. And Anne remembers watching her mom struggle with the weight of grief and losing. She, she never recovered. She, she just seemed to go through life with this cloud of sadness that, that just hung over the whole family and everything that happened to Anne. And even on into adulthood, as she married a farmer and as she began her journey as a mom and as a wife, until she came to the, the age of 35 and, and thought, is there any way I can somehow get out from under the grief of my growing up years? And it came to her through the challenge of a friend. Now, there was a friend, a Christian friend, that said, I challenge you to, to start a list of blessings. And she named a really high number and, and said, um, if you were to list a thousand blessings, and maybe God would help you to process some of that grief of the past. And Anne recalled in her book, even as a Christian, she had heard many sermons on gratitude, sermons on Thanksgiving, and she'd sat through them and and said good sermons and gone home and right back into the negativity, into the familiar rant. Sometimes out loud, she said, always in her mind, the voice of complaining, discontent, the internal kind of chewing away at any peace of mind, and sowing those seeds of ingratitude with her husband, her kids, her relatives, her friends. She recalled writing at that point that, you know, when we're thirsty, we we don't read books about clean water, and we don't read books about refreshing water. We find a glass, and we take a drink. And she said reading books about contentment was almost like reading books about water. And the only way to to quench her parched soul was to take a drink and dip into the well of faith. So she began to change the patterns in her own mind and in her life from discontent and complaining about the hurts of the past to a a habit, a pattern of, of naming what God had done in her life. And in that way, she began to edit out some of the hurts and the places where she was stuck that, that came to mind so often, and she took up the challenge of this friend. And it was in a, a November week one year, and she began the challenge of listing her thousand blessings. And when she put down all the books about gratitude and picked up her pen and began to, to name uh, the blessings of God, she said the thirsting of her soul was quenched for the first time. 
And what Anne discovered and what I would invite you to discover is that gratitude is like a fresh drink of living water that Jesus offers to us for a dry and thirsty soul. As Anne began her list, not of things that she wanted, but of things that God had already given her, she began to feel some freedom. Now, when I got the book, I started a list. I thought, I can do this too. It would be good for me. And it was harder than I thought. Um, I got to about 100, and I had to take a break, and, and I think I actually got to about 300, and um, that's about all the further I got. But she, on her list, did common things, small things, ordinary things, everyday things, sunrise and a sunset. There are little gifts that God places in our path. And as she reflected on her progress, she said it began to alter the state of her soul, to heal her pain, to release her from the grief, to heal her heart. If you take Paul's situation, Paul wrote from prison. And Paul was not just short on supplies, short on uh, daily things that he might want. He, he was in a pretty harsh setting. And yet Paul encouraged, let the peace of God fill your mind. And then he has this phrase that's kind of interesting. He says, guard your heart and guard your mind. Don't worry about things, but in every situation with prayer and petition. So prayer and petition, is, is, it's okay to make requests. It's okay to ask of God. And then he says, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, it just kind of jumped out at me. It's like there's some thanksgiving mixed in. Present your needs before God. And then he goes on to say, I know what it means to be in need. He was in prison a lot, but he also was living in an era and a time where you didn't have extra usually. He was a traveling preacher, didn't have a home. Um, he didn't really have a home base. I mean, he was on the road uh, moving and trusting that God was going to provide from day to day. But somewhere in the midst of all those, he said, I've known what it means to have plenty. And maybe that was the beginning of his life, that um, he was set pretty well um, in a well-to-do family. But he says, guard your heart. And I'd like to just pause there a little bit, that if we think about guarding our hearts, I, I think about putting a boundary out there because the, the negative voices are going to come. And it's not just the commercials that grab you, but to to be ready for your own reactions, your own responses, and it's not always centered in Christ. Uh, there, there is an old self that sometimes gets tripped by things that happen to us that, that charges into our thoughts. And, and Paul is saying, guard your mind. And I would say, put a, put a fence around your thoughts. When the commercials come, be ready to talk back to them. You know, you're watching a, a movie and you know it's a drama, it's made up, and then there's a commercial. Maybe the promise of that commercial is also a little exaggerated or made up. And, and, and I remember as a, a young parent hearing people say, you know, you got to teach your kids what to do with commercials and, and to talk back to the TV. Don't just kind of zone it out as an adult and let the young ones suck it all up talk back and say, you know, that's not really true. You know, that's really expensive. You don't have to do that to be happy. You know, talk back to the commercials. Talk back a little bit. 
That's a part of keeping that fence, that boundary in place, so it, so it doesn't take over your, your thoughts. And also guard your heart. This summer, I, I had a, a fun memory of the sermon about the weeds. You know, the, the fence in my backyard isn't just to protect the things I want, but it's also a perimeter to keep it manageable. I, I can't get all the weeds, but with everything within the fence, I got the weeds. And if you've got that boundary around your, your heart, sometimes we have to pluck the weeds that spring up because of, of a bad day uh, or a hurtful experience or, or somebody says things that just take us down. And if you've got that perimeter and you're thinking, God, help me manage what's inside this fence of my heart, pluck the weeds. Don't let them spring up and go and go and go and ruin your holiday, ruin your Christmas. Because the weeds can, not having everything promised in the commercials isn't necessarily going to ruin your Christmas. Talk back. Put a boundary there. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. That, that's what Paul is inviting us to do. It's a nice verse. It rolls off the tongue, and we say it, hear it so easily. And I just want to push down in there a little bit and say, guard your life, guard the, the center of your being, guard your mind. And that's how contentment begins to be ours. Our context has some challenges that Paul didn't necessarily have. And we can't just get away from comparison because it, it's everywhere, it seems. Uh, we live in a day where social media allows you to, um, I had a great day, I, I had a, a fun trip. You know, we, we don't necessarily post on Facebook, we're going on a trip anymore because it's kind of like empty house, <laughs> you know. So, so we uh, waited till we got back. We, we had a trip last spring um, for our, our 30th anniversary, we wanted to go to Puerto Rico, and it's now our 34th anniversary, you know, stuff happened. And so it was a big deal, and, and we got home from Puerto Rico and put a picture up on Facebook, and, and some of our relatives were like, you know, my brother's like, I didn't know you went to Puerto Rico. And it's like, it's okay. It was our trip, alone. <laughs> and, and, and we said that, and, and then there, there's always the risk of someone's going to see that and go, well, I didn't get to go to Puerto Rico, you know. And, and we compare. But I just want to say, for four years, I've watched everybody else's posts. <laughs> and and is, there ever, is it ever okay to celebrate with your neighbor and not compare? Is it ever okay just to say, wow, they got to go, that looks like a wonderful experience, and just say, it was a wonderful experience? Why, why do we so easily go to, woe is me? I never get to go anywhere. My family doesn't do things like that, and my husband just doesn't seem to remember our anniversaries or, or either way, you know. Why do we do that to ourselves? Why, why isn't it okay for, for you to post a joy and for me to see it and enter into your joy? Why, why does it so easily, because there's some weeds, the weeds of envy and discontent are already there, and so we have to pull out the weeds. We have to do a little bit more than, than just look at the joys of others to keep from falling in that hole, don't we? But we live in a time where 
where people, maybe they're bragging, but maybe it's just a good day, and, and they, want, they have something fun to share. I, I'd much rather read your fun posts than, than, you know, the downer, the complaining, you know, the political stuff. You know, let, let's think about, you know, what do we post and what do we say? And that's all a part of guard your heart. So when we're on Facebook, guard your heart. When you're on social media, guard your mind. When we watch the commercials between the football highlights, put that boundary up there. And don't just give in to all that they are trying to get you to embrace. The list that Anne compiled when she realized that it was going to take some work to get to a thousand, the naming of a thousand blessings, she also realized that it was going to retrain her brain, her tongue, and her thinking, and it just might possibly pull her out of 30 years of living like that. And some of us have been going that direction for more than 30 years. And so my invitation today is, would you like to change that habit? Would you like to replace that pattern with something else? Would you like to become a blessing to those around you? Take the challenge. It isn't a list of what you already have, or it, it isn't a list of what you want, but it's a list of what you already have. Learning to thank God, learning to be grateful can give us contentment as well. So we pray. Lord God, I, I hope that you are at work in each of our hearts, each of the people that are here and those listening today, that, that you might be speaking through me, that you would help us to um, experience Christmas in a different way, to get ready for Christmas, that we might enter into Thanksgiving with all of our heart and our soul, not just going through the motions this coming week, that, that there would be a, a thread of gratitude that would go through each day leading up to if there's a family gathering or if there's uh, a time of, of talking with others, that you would plant those seeds and help us to guard our mind against the other seeds. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So I invite you to go in peace, and may God be at work in you this week.